Get the latest updates from Geek Therapy by joining our mailing list at geektherapy.com slash mail. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network, where we aim to understand each other and ourselves through the media we care about. My name is Josue Cardona, and I'm joined by Lauren Keller. Yo! Brandon Saxton. Hello! And Laura Taylor. Hey! So I've been watching Atypical on Netflix. Have any of you watched the show? I have not. Not the newest season. Nope. Not the newest season. It, it's caught my attention, but I, it's just one of those ones that's on my list. I haven't gotten to it yet, so I'm excited to hear more about it. It's a fabulous show. It is fabulous and fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is about a really a family, right? Um, the, the the protagonist, his name is Sam Gardner, but it really features his whole family, and he is on the autism spectrum. And the show starts when he's, I believe, a, maybe a senior. He's in, he's in high school, and this third season is him going to college. And this season in particular, I was watching it recently, and I was thinking. It is so it is so great to have this show exploring the life and family of someone on the autism spectrum and then every episode you get to put that person in a different situation so you get to see the world through their eyes and and just in, in different ways, right? Completely different scenarios. And of course, Laura and I are always talking about the Geek Therapy Library. We, we're always looking for media that helps us, you know, understand each other, look at difficult uh, themes or, or things that are maybe difficult to understand. And I just, I just haven't stopped thinking about how, how great it is that the show exists because I don't know of any other show about people on the autism spectrum and then that goes even further and just shows you completely different situations like in this season uh he's taking like at the beginning it's like student orientation Mm -hmm. what is that like for sam uh there's another episode where uh it has a lot to do with uh he's taking an ethics class and they bring up this this idea of a moral quandary and, you know, for him, things are very matter of fact. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's so funny to see, um, you know, him struggle with that in class and then having a moral quandary in real life and what what it's like to to like w- how his brain works, what it's like for him to see that situation and the consequences of, of you know, that he has to deal with. Um, it's it's amazing. There's there's something that the show does where um, his his thing, right? The thing that he knows a lot about is Arctic penguins, mm-hmm. and the show in almost every episode it compares some aspect of the life of an Arctic penguin or or, or you know what it's like for those creatures. And Sam sees a, a way for him to learn from that and relate to that. And it's always super helpful. And almost every single episode, they're able to do that, which is again, a great example of like the same way we're trying to use media, different things, right. That are our favorite things. That's, that's, it's like, he has his favorite thing. He has this thing that he knows a lot about. And the show does us the favor of connecting his life to this thing. So it's amazing. It's fantastic. I love it. Highly recommend it. One of the things I really like about the show is that when you see characters on other shows that are on the spectrum, usually you're seeing a younger kid being diagnosed with it. And this is a total deep dive. Like you exactly. get to, he's already dealt with the diagnosis and learning the behavioral stuff and and learning skills 
and social skills, and now he's having to apply it to real life situations as a growing adult. Yeah, yeah, it's that it's it's that living every day type of thing, right? Where where you're facing. Right? There's no monster. There's no. There's no supervillain. It is everyday life, but from that perspective. And like he he has a therapist at the beginning. Then he doesn't have the therapist, and I don't know. It's it's great. Then he, he just does, does the a... therapist shopping that we did an episode about before. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's true. Um, it's yeah. I, I, I'm sure I've brought up the show before because it's a show that I think about a lot. And so what I was thinking was okay. What this show does for autism i i wish that other shows would like i wish there were more sure more shows that did this for other topics and and other Mm -hmm. ideas and other themes because i think they would be super helpful for for people living that experience for people who are trying to understand that experience and you know selfishly it would give us more stuff to put into the library that would be super helpful too (laughs) (laughs) so so i asked each of you to Think of a show idea, right? Or, or some sort of theme or something that you wish there was a show or not, not just a show, or it could be different mediums, you know, run with it however you want that are either underrepresented or that you wish were represented sort of differently in the similar way where you could use it. Like it just touches on, it just, it's a deep dive right into the everyday life or the everyday uh, living of something that would be helpful to have more media about. So, Laura, what did what, what did you think of? Give me one. What did I think of? I'll give yeah. I'll give you one. I'll be a little selfish in this one. I'd like Go something it. that goes on a deep dive of type one diabetes. Hmm. I deal with a lot of misinformation, and so do a lot of diabetics. People assume that you're talking about type two diabetes, much like we've talked about before, mm-hmm. Josue, where you. Picture me with my cabinet full of candy and snacks, and you're like, but wait, you're... I still don't get it. (laughs) That's not how it works. You're not supposed to have that. And no, actually, I have to have that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I constantly have to correct people on my insulin pump. They think it's a pager, even my fancy new one with a bright colored screen, uh, which I don't think any pagers had that. (laughs) Um still think it's a pager um lots of different miscommunication and and people always tell me oh i've got a cure for that why don't you take this diet nope Mm -hmm. that's not how it works with type 1 diabetes so if there was something where there was a character on a show that had the struggles that i had and i think it's been on my mind because i had um some ups and downs last week uh Hmm. that were really concerning um for myself not super serious but just like frustrations uh that i've been dealing with since i was a kid i think other people that have type 1 diabetes could relate to that and would really appreciate a show yeah i'd consult mm. if anyone's <laughs> listening wants to do a show i'll do it i'll consult <laughs> i mean that that pilot episode alone is so it's like it's like a gray's anatomy drama mm-hmm. right where like you have no idea what's happening and you get that diagnosis, right? It's like what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you could you could do that and do that kind of thing. You could also have another show where it, like person's already got diabetes and has been managing it for a while, and it's shitty. 
shitty. And I'm not the I I to don't think about my so there are some type one diabetics that think about their diabetes every minute of every day and it I try not to do that and sometimes that bites me in the butt. Uh, but I feel like more and more I'm noticing like how everything I do affects my blood sugar mm-hmm. and I think that's because I have some new technology that's helping me uh, pay attention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't I like think it. of like any it. fictional uh, depictions of people who are experiencing diabetes, which might be that might just not be on my radar. But am I missing some obvious or well-known ones, or is it really just something Panic that's room. not? Oh, <laughs> sure, Panic that is room. a critical component and, of that. And, plot. and yeah. the whole time I was watching that, I was screaming sure. because they had the girl had a uh, glucagon a gluca watch. Which okay. would sense sense blood sugar through the skin, which was a thing that was created, but it was not FDA approved for use with anyone under the age of eighteen. So there's that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then if her blood sugar is dropping that much in the middle of the night, she's mm. doing something really sure. wrong. Like I I yeah. I'm yeah. I've had lows like that, but it's just <laughs> I don't know. And then she's got a little mini fridge next to her bed, which is really cool. I like that idea. I should have thought of that when I was younger. But all that's in it is water and Diet Coke. Mm. That's not going to be helpful if you go low in the middle of the night. No. Refreshing. And then, and then they, they have this myth in the thing about like drinking water and how that's going to help her blood sugar come up be- even minimally. No, that's not how it works. People. Okay. So not a helpful. So that that movie p- that saying. movie pissed me off. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Also, were, usually I, you see type two diabetes, not type one. Yeah. Yeah. There are I, some I've seen maybe once or twice on like a Grey's Anatomy or a ER or something mm-hmm. like that, but in passing, nothing like right. that that really pictures shows the picture of what it's like day in and day out and counting carbohydrates and dealing with high and low blood sugars and what it means like to be when you're driving and your blood sugar's low and you have to pull over and like deal with that before you can mm-hmm. get back on the road and put people in danger and all kinds of things. Hmm. Hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. It would be, be, be educational. It would be, there's definitely drama. There's so <laughs> much drama, so much drama, both like mm-hmm. medically and socially, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I no, start, I mean I just started a book and it it just sort of stood out in my mind that I I just started so there's not a lot of detail yet but I think one of the characters um is experiencing diabetes. So I it, it is interesting because it other than Panic Room which I don't know that I've actually ever seen or if I have it was a very long time ago. I I can't think of any other depictions and so this one really um kind of caught me by surprise just seeing it pop up in a, a book randomly and sort of unexpectedly. So um it's an inter- it's a really interesting idea. I can definitely see why you would um, as you described it selfishly, I don't know how selfish it is, but it's certainly relevant, but something that definitely seems like it's not represented very often and there would be a lot of benefit for more and maybe maybe just more consistent and certainly more accurate, um, according to what you're describing from Panic Room, um, depictions. Mm-hmm. And I want to be fair to Panic Room. 
<laughs> I just want to be fair. You don't there, need to be fair to Panic Room. Who cares? So no, I want to be fair. I want to be fair because because Jodie Foster was in that movie, and I love Jodie Foster. Jodie's not going to hear this. It's okay. 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 Jodie knew it. You, Hi, you never know. You never know. Hi, Joe. Hi, Jodie. Um, so they they got the diabetes wrong, but they also got a, some other things wrong, like a guy getting hit in the head and falling like five stories and landing on a like a hard floor. And getting back up, yeah, and climbing up the stairs. It's a tough sell. Not gonna. Is this happen. you being fair? That's me being fair. That they didn't get just one thing wrong. They got everything <laughs> wrong. Gotcha. Yeah, the, uh, the was off the rails. The over dramatization of the diabetes at least fit within the over over dramatization of everything, everything. in that movie. So yeah. at least you know, yeah. not correct, but um, at least thematically consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It would be it would be even worse if it was a movie that got like all these other representations right and then got it wrong on right. the diabetes, right? That would feel yeah. That would be like hurtful. Right. <laughs> so I'm thinking a t shirt says Panic Room is a lie, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I good. could wear that and and right now <laughs> it's still Diabetes Awareness Month, which is November. So hmm. um I like this that this came up today. Uh, and I have a t-shirt that says it's not a pager, it's a pancreas. So I would wear that panic room as a lie shirt. The pager yeah. thing really throws me. That people are just like <laughs> thinking that's a pager. It's like, because it looks like a pager. Seen one. I, just, I think, it, it, I think it's just unfamiliarity and this is sure. sort of what we're talking about. There isn't a lot of representation at all. And what representation there is, is often, you know, unrealistic or extremely dated. And so, Normal people are like, I've never seen an insulin pump before. I don't even know what an insulin pump is. Like that, uh, I guess, sort of looks like the pager that Dr. McSteamy uses in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> is that a pager? I don't know. What Are you a doctor? Are you Dr. McSteamy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's annoying. Um, but I think it does sort of fit into this bigger conversation we're having is that if we don't have accurate representation in media people will either believe the inaccurate representations or just sort of make up their own ideas to fill in blanks which is what we do as we build schemas in our head mm-hmm. and exactly like that. yeah it's just how the brain works yep they're all pagers all pagers everything look is. it's on your belt loop so that's mm-hmm. what a I mean, it's either a pager or you're like a, a an old West cowboy, right? Mm-hmm. And you're gonna you're gonna quick draw on me. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> I wear a sensor on my arm now. I wonder if people are gonna start thinking it's like a nicotine patch or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I'm like I'm not arguing for the accuracy of atypical. I'm 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 not an. An but, autism but expert. Good, good representation. Like, well, well, I mean, I have, I have uh, read. It's the internet. People complain, right? Mm-hmm. And the the mm-hmm. actor that plays Sam is not on the spectrum, so he is a person not on the spectrum. But they do have people on the show who are on the spectrum. They do. They do. They do. Like consultants yeah. or people acting. One would hope. Yes, I I think it's also really important to make a distinction here in um, seeing representations in media from the perspective of of seeing 
yourself represented versus seeing representation in media in order to educate other people about that thing existing is going to be, you know, by necessity, a very different conversation Mm -hmm. you're having with people. And so I understand that a lot of people responded poorly to atypical. And I know a lot of people have responded really positively towards atypical. And um, I don't think we're taking any side on that other than the point that this show has made a baseline space for having conversations about autism and about living with autism and about interacting with uh, a world that doesn't necessarily appreciate what having autism means or what that experience is like. And so in this case, I think um, it's more aimed towards educating people who don't Mm -hmm. know anything about it rather than representing a lived experience of a, a group of people. Also, I don't, I don't know for sure. Maybe, maybe you know, but I don't know for sure that atypical is meant to be educational. I, I mean, so my my media psychology stance is it doesn't really matter how intentional you you are, is people are going to be learning something from mm-hmm. your show, whether yes. they think they are or not. Mm. <laughs> well, and I'm yeah. sure that since atypical has been aired um, and put out on Netflix, like. There are more, probably more Google searches mm-hmm. and more sure. people interested in like working with people on the spectrum or learning about them and wanting to know what um, what their experience is like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I understand what you're talking about, Josue. Because um, because you said like there's a difference between making a show that's like from different perspective or purposefully educational. Yeah, but here here's sort of a working analogy. Um, I just read a research article that was talking about how um, a lot of people gain medical knowledge from medical entertainment TV, like Grey's Anatomy and ER Mm -hmm. and House. And people know that it is fiction and they know that it is a drama show and it's, you know, pumped up to be sexier and more scary mm-hmm. and more intense and everything. But people will still take that information and go, that's true because mm-hmm. a doctor said it. <laughs> and and that little, you know, thought nugget stays in their head and people will absolutely, you know, go into real life situations with all of these beliefs based on stuff that they learned from something they know isn't intended to be educational. But your I brain mean, I, your brain doesn't really decipher that as it's saving it as important. It's like that's imp- it seems important, I'm saving it. <laughs> I mean, I've told you with the number of medical dramas I've watched, I I could be a surgeon. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And maybe I take things with with a little more bit of like a grain of salt than other people what might, but I do know that I am learning things. Like I do know that a surgery, we've had this conversation before. I know that a surgery on pancreatic ca- cancer is called a Whipple. I know I don't know. I remember I saw a documentary once where they were talking about how med students would come in and be so surprised about how wrong (laughs) yeah they were because they were so certain that they knew what one thing was or another like oh this is so different from Grey's Anatomy Mm -hmm. or from ER it's like "Uh Mm uh-huh 
Yeah. Oh. Or you you hear about <laughs> things like, you know, in the in the show or the movie, it'll be like, this is like cutting edge technology. Like this is the newest treatment. And this it's is been the greatest. around forever. And you come in and it's like, no, that's been around for like 45 years. And also people haven't been using it the last 15 because it causes your knees to explode or whatever. <laughs> it's just oh, like, no. oops. Whoops. That knee exploding device. Yeah. It's uh, it's a real problem. Not enough spare knees to go around. We have a real knee shortage here. Not good. So I, I learned that from watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> a question I have right now then is not having seen Atypical and considering that it kind of prompted this discussion, what is it that you sort of see as the value of that show then? Again, not having seen it, is it that it's starting the conversation or is it that it at least based on what you've seen, seems somewhat accurate in its depiction or compassionate in its depiction? Or just, I mean, guess, what is it that, that you like about it? Primarily, it's the idea of telling stories okay. within, and, and, and a, uh, specifically a variety. Like, there's, there are diverse stories that are being told, right? It's like, oh, we're taking this one idea. It's like, if you take Lara's diabetes example, it's like, okay, so... Uh, let's put a type one diabetes person at work. Let's take them to Disney world. Let's put them on vacation. Let's have them in a situation where they have a panic room in the house and there's someone breaking in, <laughs> right? It's like, Oh, a, a type one diabetes on a plane, type one diabetes. Oh, in the middle you could of a have hurricane like a, you could have so outage. many with planes because yeah. airport security sucks. Yeah. Power outage during a hurricane, for example, like there's, you know, on a road trip, like there, there are all these different things that, uh, just make you think differently about a situation. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I like about atypical. It's taking an idea, and then it's not just it's it's like Lara said. Lara said a deep dive, right? It's like okay, so now you know it's it's autism here. It's autism in this particular situation. It's autism there. And sure, we have TV shows that do this with all sorts of stuff, right? Like a vampire slayer or a robot that's trying to be human. Blah blah blah. Right? Mm-hmm. But there are certain things that are. Uh, real that we just don't talk about enough right like i've i've talked i've had deeper conversations and uh with way more what ifs about time travel and you know extra dimensional travel and things like that than i have about type 1 diabetes or mm-hmm. or autism so for me that's the value of it i mean yeah there could be educational value there could be i mean there is intrinsic educational value as far as conversation starters go whether it's right or it's wrong if it gets people talking that's great because then the learning comes from from the discussion and and yeah so just like putting it on people's minds right creating an awareness of something that you just weren't aware of before and again so so like what i'm what i'm uh asking you is something that you think would be super helpful either for your own job, mm-hmm. right? Like, like there's some things that are so difficult to explain, uh, because we don't have enough examples of it. Uh, like type one diabetes, that one doesn't necessarily help you at work, Lara. Right. But that's something that would definitely does, help you in real I life. I mean, it, it might, I do have clients who have diabetes and I do yeah. have clients that know people with diabetes or yeah. assume things. So yeah, it could be helpful at work. You don't yeah. know me. You don't know my clients. <laughs> I know you. I know. I you. know we're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> like if you were a doctor, right, who specialize in this or like you have like, you know, this is something that's coming up all the time. It would really be helpful to help people I think, at the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like to just 
we're in the weeds now. <laughs> uh, so Brandon, what did what did you think of? So one of the ones that I brought uh, is actually one that I've noticed quite a bit in my work recently, and it's I guess it's not one that is a depiction that I think needs maybe. I don't know, more information as much as I think is it would be helpful to have more normalization, if that makes sense. And that's really just um, getting men to go to therapy, I guess. it's Mm -hmm. it's, So I live in kind of a Midwestern area, as everyone knows, kind of Fargo, you know, North Dakota, Minnesota type things. And I work in generally, you know, relatively speaking, rural areas. And the Midwestern area is having this like pretty weird, like, I don't know if crisis is too strong of a word, but pseudo crisis, at least where there are a lot of like farmers who are struggling financially and with, you know, climate change and everything else that's happening politically and economically. And there's this, this terrible like rash of suicides that's happening with farmers. And I think this problem is at least I, I describe it as a problem is that I've sort of observed where not only have I had this experience with men who I've worked with in therapy, adult men, but I've definitely had it trickle down to adolescent, you know, boys too, as young as 11, 12 years old, who really come in with this expectation and sometimes are very straightforward. I've had people be very direct and just say, you know, I, I'm from the country. We don't really talk about our feelings. We don't really do this kind of stuff. And so I think, you know, to the extent that media is, you know, broadly consumed, if we could normalize the experience of being able to talk about our emotions and not have that be something that's feud or associated with weakness or things like that. And also just participating in therapy as something that is socially acceptable and something that really has a pretty good capacity or strong, you know, likelihood of benefiting a lot of people uh, with a lot of difficulties or problems going on in their life. So that's something that's sort of been on my mind that when you kind of gave us the prompt for this week's episode, really came to mind pretty quickly for me, just like I said, given some of the experiences that I've had recently and some of the barriers I've had to work around in kind of rural mental health practice. And I think it's probably, I don't know, you know, I've never lived in a really populated area. Fargo's the biggest city I've ever lived in. And so I don't know how this problem um, or experience changes in, in a bigger cities or bigger populations, but it definitely seems to be a a cause of concern in rural mental health, along with other things. I just recently, there was someone who was driving an hour to come and see me um, because he was worried to be seen in the town that he worked or lived in because people Mm. would see his vehicle at the clinic and he was worried about that. So just a lot of those barriers that I would like to see um, and I think could benefit from being normalized through media. Okay, this is going to be fun. So are you thinking of uh a show where there's like a group of friends who all go to therapy i know this i knew this was coming because i didn't i didn't develop an idea yeah it was like here's the problem someone (laughs) think of an idea and fix it um i know i I knew this question was going to come and i don't have an adequate adequate uh response prepared we'll we'll, we'll help i've got i've got a pilot pitch please i'm ready for it it's uh it's like it's like friends where it's Mm -hmm. like a group of friends who all live near each other and interact 
consistently and regularly and all of them start going through major life events that they feel that they need help for but they're afraid to talk about it to their friends because their friends are also going through events instead so of the coffee like, shop do they go to the therapy office well no what, what the the pilot episode would be they all individually decide to start going to therapy but they don't want to tell their friends because they don't want to worry their friends or they're afraid of getting you know made fun of and so they're all secretly Going to the same therapy office? Oh, okay. oh shenanigans. Oh yeah. I love everything about <laughs> okay. it. I don't know if it has much more legs than the pilot, but the pilot sounds fun. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> okay. Gotta come so, up with some drama for the rest of it and excitement. Yeah. So so or Brandon, comedy. So Brandon, do you think uh, a focus on the men going to therapy or a focus on the rural? Or do you combine it all and make it rural men going to therapy? You know, I, I, I don't know what's the most important thing to target. Um, I think there's probably a lot of room in both areas. I think there, um, at least in my experience, a lot of men have uh, apprehension about it. Again, just in my experience, I'm sure there's a lot of women and people of all genders who have apprehension about therapy. Um, and I th- also think there's um, a particular barriers in rural areas. So I think... Uh, to the extent that you could address all of those into one cozy and entertaining piece of media, I think that would be fantastic. Um, what that looks like, though, I, I'm not exactly sure. But I just, like I said, to the extent that you could just normalize that a bit. I, I tried to puzzle a little bit over it, and I know that depictions of therapy is a, a topic well well processed on, on this show and, and other shows, including a, another podcast I, I was a part of. Um, and... So that's, like I said, it's a bigger topic, but one that I don't know why it came to mind, probably because of a recency sort of effect, but I was thinking a little bit about the show Lucifer, which I recently got caught up on, and Mm -hmm. that show has some problematic depictions of like therapist uh, client relationships being very like ex- really digging into the old dual relationships quite a bit but the having a therapist as a main part of that show was sort of an interesting piece for me and pretty much everyone on the show in that quote unquote friend group does go see the therapist um I don't know if that's a good, bad, that's helpful Lauren's or idea. It, it sort of is. It's Lucifer. You've just pitched, um, which is a, a hit Netflix show. So well done. Oh, so. <laughs> that's that's how they got the uh, you know the little extra oomph, you know, with uh, getting it beyond the the pilot with the legs. It was just adding the devil as a part of the plot. So, but it, uh, when. Lauren, it's funny you said it's like it's like friends because that's what I had thought of. I had literally pictured friends, but instead of like Lara said, going to to the to the coffee shop, it's like there there's some sort of you know going to to therapy involved. Um, but it's funny, like even just the idea of that. Like I think it's so common to see these shows in a city setting. It was mm-hmm. hard for me to translate it. Like what would that look like in a small town? What would that look like in a more rural setting? Um, okay. It, all right. Uh, uh, let's it wasn't, go. It wasn't a, it wasn't let's a challenge. go. Let's go fantasy <laughs> with it. And there's like this wise, ghostly, spiritual person who rides through the country and comes to men in times of need and gives them masculine warmth and love and support and and just just happens to mention like, hey, you know, therapy is pretty pretty dope, and then goes on his way. Uh, I don't know, riding a horse into the sunset. Horses are pretty masculine, right? 
I feel like Once Upon a Time <laughs> kind of covered a little bit of the rural hmm. setting. Everybody goes to see, what was it, Dr. Hopper? Uh, Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Jiminy, uh, Cr- Jiminy Cricket. And, yeah. and there were a few, me- like everybody went to go see him pretty much. But there were a lot of- He was of the only option. Of, he, he was the only therapist. <laughs> and so he was friends with everybody because he was the only guy in town like uh, that could do therapy. But- um, there were men that went to that. I don't, that's not, it's not the main focus of the show, obviously, but there were some depictions of that. So, so uh, many years ago, I, I forgot, when did The Sopranos come out? I don't remember, over oh. 10 years ago at this point, mm-hmm. I think. It was a really big deal that this mob boss in New Jersey was going to see a therapist. And... I thought I thought it was a huge deal, and I thought it was it was great to see. As in most mental health representation on on TV, it's like uh, like like you said, Brandon, dual relationships, things are getting mm-hmm. weird. Um, she at some point she gets assaulted. I don't remember if it's because of uh, Tony or not, but I thought that that was you know that was that was a really good move in the right direction. I think it ultimately had. Lots of issues, <laughs> lots of problems. Their relationship was not good. Like he wasn't nice to her, but eventually, like it was helping him, you know. And so, seeing characters like that. So, like when you mentioned Lucifer, I was thinking there's a there's a comic book run of Batgirl where she's dealing with PTSD as she goes to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. So, I've always loved the idea of imagine if Batman has been going to a therapist all along, we just never talk about it, you know. And then you mm-hmm. find out that like he's actually like always gone to a therapist and and that's why like he's actually like he's he's not crazy he's actually got it really together like, that's he, why he's like such a Alfred good leader. sent him to therapy after mm-hmm. his parents were killed yeah yeah like oh that's why he's such a good leader and he's actually like like you know like he he's going to get parenting advice to you know deal with Dick Grayson like you know how can he do it better all these types of things and it's like it's a it's a hero character right I, I've thought about this a lot where you if you have your heroes and you you find out that they this is part of what I was really excited about with heroes in crisis this idea that oh these people who are gods right these people who are um, you know doing great work or admirable or very strong and you know a million different things that that people would would aspire to oh they're getting help and what is that like well, maybe i should get help too or maybe i c- i could do that too because if it's helping them maybe it'll help me mm-hmm. so you know something a little more like in the superhero world my right. my, my work are there any rural superheroes hmm. Hmm. i don't like clark Kent lives in smallville right. up until a certain age but he's not I mean, uh, on the boys, no. what's her face? Oh, yeah. She I, starts yeah. off in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. But hmm. then they all move to the big city. Yeah. Yeah. But Because there's but, more people to save. <laughs> yeah. That's where the evil corporation is. Mm-hmm. That's where you gotta yeah. go. Good for business. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but Brandon, I think I think that would be super helpful if just in general, like, again, I don't, I don't, I can't think of one show that would do it. I mean, I don't know. I think I think we, we've got a few ideas here, but mm-hmm. definitely that idea that would be great, right? If it's just something that people saw more often, would absolutely. Be, would but just like right? It's like it doesn't make it doesn't just make our jobs easier. Like, could you imagine if that was so pro- prevalent? 
right? Like 10 years from now, it's so prevalent that people, like people are just lining up, right? And I'm like, oh, like I, I finally got to see you, Dr. Saxton. I'm mm. so happy. I've been waiting for so long because it's like, you know, I love it in the shows when you know the hero goes to the therapist. Right. Absolutely. I can't wait to see how you help me. That's not the experience usually. <laughs> no, it's the dream. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think even if it just planted that seed, you know, even if they yeah. just saw it one day and it just planted that seed that maybe down the line they were struggling a little bit and, and it just in their mind, maybe even subconsciously, it was just, it was okay to go to therapy. I mean, yeah. that's just, that would be so powerful. Yeah. 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 And even just normalizing, like, you don't have to be in full on crisis mode. Mm -hmm. Your life is imploding. Like, you could just be like, I've felt kind of shitty for the past couple of months. And maybe talking to somebody about it would be good. Oh, totally. And having that be normalized instead of like, well, I mean, you don't want to go to a therapist unless, like, you're literally, like, gun to head about to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, no, 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 no. We, they, you could you could come sooner than that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, in the guts it's... episode Lara and I did recently, and there was this great scene where the girl has like this horrible secret, but they're playing it's like truth or dare, I think, right? And yeah, she something says, like let's let's talk about the worst like the worst secret we have. Biggest or secret, something. yeah. And she's like, I go see a therapist. And everyone else is like, Oh, I go see a therapist too. Me too. My, My parents mom go to does. therapy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a great moment. Get the latest Geek Therapy updates by signing up for our mailing list at geektherapy.com slash mail and choose any or all of our specialized lists, including our beta tester list. As a beta tester, you'll help us make important decisions about new projects and changes. Sign up to test some of our new content, courses, artwork, and even apps we're working on. Sign up at geektherapy.com slash mail or update your list preferences from the footer of any email you've received from us. Again, sign up at geektherapy.com slash mail. So Lauren, give me, give me one of yours. Um, like Brandon, mine is more sort of uh, generalized normalization of a topic, and I'm sure I'm not going to surprise any of you when I say it's death. I want to talk about death more. <laughs> um, so I see I, death all the time. So all yes, the time. <laughs> yes, there is death in media everywhere. That is not the representation is not necessarily um, the issue. It is the way that death tends to be represented in media as being overly dramatic or um, following unrealistic rules within a world or what have you. But more so the idea of like, when I think about death in movies and TV shows that are, are meaningful, talking about somebody in the act of dying or, or somebody who's very sick and having those kinds of conversations become more normalized in everyday life and not just like, oh, grandma's going into hospice today. I guess we should finally talk about this stuff. Um, because I think, you know, we have just so much like over the top, like cartoonish death. And we really do ourselves a disservice by not talking about the the real, the real stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Can you, can you, uh, I want to know I more. Guess, I guess my, thinking, my example <laughs> would be I would like to see like a TV show that follows um, a bunch of people who work in various uh, parts of the death industry. You know, somebody who runs a funeral home, somebody who is a, a, 
a pathologist or a medical examiner doing autopsies frequently, somebody whose you know job is dealing with ancient remains on archaeological digs and stuff like that and seeing the way that people actually interact with death in in the real world and not just the like fantastical TV versions we usually see where people, you know, get shot right in the chest and then they're in a hospital for a day and then they're fine or <laughs> they get shot like 3000 times in the legs and then they die. It's very confusing and um I just I I I think especially Americans are so avoidant about talking about the real thing that um, I think having more media that focuses on that stuff would be really valuable. Hmm. It's interesting because, yeah, because death is something that is that is touched on a lot. Do you think mm-hmm. there's any like uh, do you think there's any value in taking what is already or how would you take some of the deaths that are already visible and then kind of, I don't know, either creating a campaign or something or some sort of content around it to then have the conversation about like, this is bullshit. This is not true. This is not working. (laughs) Do you think, do you think there's like, that's, that's worth doing? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't necessarily have beef with it's not that i have beef with the current representation i just want more i want i want there to be you know silly cartoon versions where you know death isn't real and wily coyote can get blown out of a cannon a million times and he's always fine but i also want there to be something where it's like hey we're going to do an episode where we talk about like the funeral rituals of the Wiley Coyote family, and if Wiley Coyote, Coyote actually did die, how that would impact his his immediate you know group of friends and his family, and you know what kind of funeral service Wiley Coyote might have, and you know it's like I don't necessarily think that one is better than the other. I just want I want more. I want more of that realism. I want people to feel like talking about real life death is an okay thing. And part of learning what is socially acceptable is what we see on TV. It's interesting because I guess it it could potentially happen with any of these topics where, I don't know, using the diabetes example, right? Like they show we have enough, uh, like then everybody's talking about diabetes, but it's just like, it's just all wrong or it's just like not right enough. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I think I think death is definitely one of those things where we we see it all the time, but it's like I watch so many procedurals, <laughs> medical and cop shows. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. a lot of death, and yeah, they don't get things right sometimes with the medical shows, particularly, and even the firefighter show that I watch. It's like they do a decent job of representing the grieving process, and it even in snippets for the families at the hospital, like on Grey's Anatomy. Um, but like funeral stuff, they do when some one of their own dies all the time. And those are the ones that are a little over the top dramatic, but also pretty real and tap into my own grieving process. And for sure my wife, because she cries more than I do. <laughs> um, so yeah. what about what about the more realistic aspects, right? So for example... Sure, there, there's a there's a death on the show, but nobody talks about how much it costs, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? To to for the funeral or for for anything afterwards for the the hospital, uh, 
embalming uh what's the what's the cremation cremation right <laughs> anything like that moving the body from one place to another like those are all issues that definitely don't get talked it's like when babies are born that they're always born like nice and shiny and clean mm-hmm. that's not that's not what births are like yeah nobody talks about the placenta the other side of that right <laughs> is like both life you know, the act of birth life and death are both sort of mistreated in a lot of media in that we we over dramatize it in certain ways and make it very tidy and neat and clean in other ways and um what do you think that is well i think it's uh, a bunch of overlapping reasons because you're talking about humans so it's never going to be one one answer but i think it's it's discomfort and uh it's learned behaviors it's stuff that we've heard from our parents since we were you know when we were young it's like you know whenever somebody's talking about death or dying it's like your voice has to get down and it's be more whispery when you're talking about that stuff or like oh you know you can see your new baby sister but you know she has to go get you know cleaned and checked out first and so you don't see that well, everybody comes into this world a nasty, sticky mess. It's like, no, I saw that baby in fresh, clean, rosy cheeks, not like gross, bloody, kind of bluish gray because they haven't started breathing on their own yet. And also way smaller than every baby you've seen in any movie ever. (laughs) Well, And part of that is because they they can't have yeah, kids I mean, under the age there are of six totally, months. There yeah. are totally reasonable reasons for. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like I don't think that we should be necessarily showing like actual people dying mm-hmm. and then decomposing on a film. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be that level of realism, but to the point where we're not actively misleading people. By using like euphemistic language or, you know, with the example of the the perfectly clean, newly birthed babies is the idea of we are setting mm-hmm. people up to have these sort of expectations that then are going to be very shocking when it's like, oh, that was fat lies to you from the media, my friend. It's interesting. There's been several births on Grey's Anatomy, and I think over time they've gotten a little better and like to talk about things that other shows don't do because they got to be new and like... Mm-hmm new and get those people in and watching and they they do talk about the placenta Josue several times Ooh. they had a whole they had a <laughs> surgeon whose whole job was to cut into pregnant women and do surgeries on the babies and go through the placenta and all of this and they talk about having to deliver the placenta oh um, yeah and Ooh. they did they I learned a fact watching that um scares the crap out of a lot of people uh there was a whole thing where uh, Meredith Grey, when she's about to have one of her babies, is like, don't let me poop on the table, because apparently women poop after having a baby. Or during. Or during. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, that I took um, an early childhood development course at my community college, and the, the birth section was my favorite, because probably about half of the, the students in the class already had their own children, and I think there were probably, I don't know, six men in the, the class of like 35 people, so it's a lot of moms, and getting to hear basically 
like direct line between who was already a parent and who was not of the shock of the the poop that could happen, mm-hmm. the potential poop. And it's just one half of the room being like, yeah, that happens. And the other half of the room being like, oh, that can uh-huh. happen. Mm-hmm. And then the poor instructor is like, yeah, it's um, it's more likely to happen than not happen, honestly. But you won't notice it. You there. won't notice it because literally every muscle is going on down there, and you're you're gonna have a team of people there, and they're gonna clean it up, and you probably aren't even gonna notice. It's not a big deal. You don't need to worry about it. And then dropped this lovely little nugget of being like, though that is the reason why I tend to prefer not to do the the uh, bathtub birthings because there's just really not a good way to fish it out. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God, thank you for those nightmares, lady. <laughs> but yeah, very true. Set, set up realistic expectations right there. Um, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a hot mess and you should be ready for that. <laughs> See, but fishing the, the birth poop out of a birthing tub, that's, that a, that's could... like a whole, that, that's an episode mm-hmm. of a sitcom right there. Yeah. Know? It's like, mm-hmm. where'd the poop go? And, and there's then, plenty of episodes on sitcoms <laughs> where people want to have natural births. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Creative bunch right here. I think mm-hmm. I think I think this is I think some of these could work out. <laughs> well, what about you, Josue? I've got You started the topic. You better have brought in an additional idea. I, I did. I have too many. Um but one they keep they they the my the list uh, kept changing in order, but I think the one that I would value the most. So there was a show called Powerless on NBC. I was super mm-hmm. excited about it because mm. it was about an insurance company in the DC Comics world, and well, at least originally that's what the idea was. And it was yeah, because that's not what it ended up being. It ended yeah. up being like research and development. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea was originally that they were an insurance company that handled claims of superhero, superheroic, uh, like, uh, casualty. What right? happens when Superman flies into your building and pieces of rubble hit your car? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Things like that. It was so, uh, realistic. Like if that world were real, it was asking real questions. Apparently it was too real because they ended up changing the show before <laughs> before it it broadcast and it ended up being like research and development, but to solve issues that were existing in this world. And there were things that nobody was talking about. They're like, I mean, nobody talks about in the sense of superhero stories. So I, I, I love that. So one thing that has been bothering me a lot or just in general has always bothered me, but I see it more and more often is like when I go out and sometimes like I'll go to a fast food restaurant and then the moment I order my food, I remember why I hate ordering at fast food restaurants. It's because most of the people there are underpaid, overworked, and miserable, and they couldn't give a shit about your Big Mac. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's the same situation in most places. So in most jobs, most people are miserable at their jobs. And there's there's something about that that I wish was more... I think maybe this falls into the category of, of like Lauren's like, yeah, there's death all the time, right? Like, yeah, you see people who are miserable at work all the time, but you don't see, like, I would like to see more of uh, what effect that misery has in general, like beyond that, 
I need to take. I don't know. I don't know if this is a fun show. This sounds like. I think I can make an HBO sounds show out of this. Like, sounds like, ah, yes, the various ways capitalism is currently grinding you down. Well, it's not just capitalism. It's not capitalism. <laughs> it's it's the workplace. It's the way we treat each other um, in, okay, in but those these are, situations. Those are very interconnected. I'm not going to entertain your, your anti-capitalist uh, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Just saying. It's, it's the way that we treat each other, the way that people, uh, like the, the effects of those things and how they go beyond it. Right? It's like, oh, like this car accident happened because this person had a really shitty experience uh, at, at work for, for this and this reason. And like connecting those dots where like one thing affects the other and one thing affects the other and one thing affects the other. It's similar to like I really like the 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 fact that in a show like uh, Thirteen Reasons Why there's these dramatic exaggerated versions of these things that these students are going through, but they are but they are uh, versions of real things that can happen, and I think that show is is good at showing kind of that those threads it's like oh this happened and now this person is affected in these other areas of their lives so i i wish that there was more um more connection between uh like these different cause and effects that happen in people's lives like taking someone's like a bad thing happened and then doing like a forensic files on all of the various things that led up to that thing happening. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I would watch that show. I love forensic files. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could be, it could, it could go in either direction. Right. Um, could be two different shows. Right. Where we're like, we're doing like a behavior chain back from. Yeah. 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 Something that happened and what, where things could have changed and what went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I think I think we can do uh there's a version of that that is way more mundane than what we usually see on television. Like if there's a huge big problem, then there's a like a connection to the to the like the the dramatic event caused this thing. But there's thing, I don't know. There there's so many like one thing I really care about is like um parental behavior and how that affects children, right? So like oh yeah like the parents are going through this or did this and now this child is like this is the problem they have at school this is the problem they have socializing this is the problem they have (laughs) trying to do sports this is a problem like those types of connections see more of them and i i don't know there's lots of drama there there's lots of connection have you watched the the most recent season of bojack yet i haven't watched any season of bojack okay well the most recent season um i guess it's season five season six? Oh god um anyways most recent one they did an episode uh bojack is in rehab and they are talking about his alcoholism and they do this really cool series of flashbacks sprinkled throughout the whole episode that show moving backwards through time various moments where where alcohol was a major aspect of what what was happening and how all of these little moments led up to where Bojack is now and him sort of realizing like it wasn't ever one like thing it was all of these little things over and over literally from the beginning it's not like there was this happy before time it was always this way 
and and reflecting over that. And I think that sort of um, connects to what you're talking about, where mm. it, it's showing this big, long, lifelong through line of all of these not necessarily connected moments that are connected through his experience and, and the outcomes that they had on him emotionally and physiologically. Yeah, I like I like I like that idea. That that sounds sort of like what I'm what I'm talking about. And it doesn't even have to be like lifelong, right? It can be Yeah, it can be like the last 15 minutes. It's like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, like this disconnected to this. There's a there's a Volkswagen Beetle commercial that I really like that was like this one person is super happy um and then they go back and then they 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 go back in time it's like oh this person smiled at this person this person was happy because this other person smiled at them this person like picked up something that the other person dropped and then it all started when like a beetle drove by and and somebody smiled because it was like they're really happy about that like those chain reactions are real <laughs> it's like sometimes it's really hard to to know what was that first thing. But then this person did this and now that person is like pissed off in traffic and that person cut the other person off and that person broke suddenly and their coffee spilled and now they're miserable and then they went and they told somebody off at work and that person got a loan denied and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. More things like that. Hmm. that hmm. Cause that's, that's life. Say. <laughs> 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 Like my mom would always be very angry on the road, and so like she'd, she'd you know yell at other people. I'm like, mind you, like you don't know why that person just sped by. Maybe maybe there's like a pregnant woman that's about to have a baby in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone just needs to take a shit. You don't know what's going on. Why are you so angry at <laughs> them? They're not, they're not <laughs> doing this on purpose. Maybe, maybe not. You don't know. Anyway, I think I think that there's a there's a lot of um. A lot of stuff that <laughs> would make our lives a lot easier uh, mm-hmm. in media. We need more media. Do we, yeah. though? Do we? To help us well. understand ourselves <laughs> and each other. Do we need Ooh. more, though? I don't know if we need more media. There's, there's we need too to much refine the media. I think we sure. need more. And I think we need more made by people who don't typically get to make media. Because those are the stories we're totally missing out on. Mm-hmm. In general, yes. All right. Well, I wanted to bring up way more examples, but of course, this took this took uh, a long time. Maybe we can follow mm-hmm. up on this later, uh, because damn, I like it. There's some good. We stuff. can flesh out some of these ideas. Mm-hmm. Good examples and some other ideas too. Yeah, I, I only brought up mine to like the num- number one, just because that's been something that I've been coming up a lot lately. Like I see somebody, I'm mm-hmm. like. I wonder what kind of a shitty day they've had so far that mm-hmm. they're. That they're like this right now. Hmm. It's such a helpful skill to do that. I think it's one I struggle with. Yeah, but I it really it's 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 a form of mindfulness in a lot of ways. Just like look, they're probably doing their best. Like what? Who knows what got them to that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and like it doesn't always have to be. Oh, what was it? Damn! Now I can't remember. There's a there's an episode. Was it? Was it Rick and Morty? Was it? I don't know. It was. It was a show like Rick and Morty or Family Guy or something like that. Where, shit, I don't remember at all the joke. But <laughs> and the the idea was that someone mentioned like, oh, it's probably. I I remember it had something to do with alcohol, and it was like, oh, that person, you know, like it's probably alcohol. And the other person was like, 
it probably wasn't it was probably something else i don't i remember the feeling of seeing that episode what i just said doesn't make any sense but but yeah it's it would be very helpful to have different versions of those conversations where everything isn't always a super dramatic um it, it not everything is trauma right sometimes it's it's little things that um that make a big difference all right well if you have any ideas uh listener or if you like any of ours or don't let us know um one of our community spaces and for more geek therapy check out geektherapy.com thank you so much for listening i'm ready to geek out and do good and we'll be back next week this episode is brought to you in part by our patreon supporters we'd like to say a very special thank you to all of our patreon producers this month including ben booney jamila john lydia and mark to learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.